Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of SmackDown on Fox. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also the Wednesday Night War between AW and NXT. Pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture as i said though joined by hamlet to look ahead to smackdown tonight the elimination chamber fallout episode of smackdown time has no meaning i can't believe the chamber was only on sunday if i'm perfectly honest <laughs> um but yeah how do you see things going and now you've had a few days to reflect how do you think the pay-per-view went for the blue brand we do like a fallout show don't we it's oh, that yeah. sort of it's stuff by implication basically an event took place, there were happenings on said event, and lots and lots of people need to react to those happenings. Um, it's easier to kind of speculate on stuff because the wrestlers now need to move forward off the back of something that's happened in their life, not least sort of the likes of Roman Reigns and Edge who set up mm-hmm. their match, or Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan who had a match that felt like it was a teaser for the, the real match. Um, yeah, I think I still think Elimination Chamber was a pretty good show. And I'm not just saying that because we were able to start recording our ASMR podcast at about quarter to three in the morning. <laughs> like it does colour your feelings on an event, but it was it moved by at such a rate um, that you nothing lasted long enough for you to get bored. So mm-hmm. even if there's characters that occasionally feel sterile or matches that tend to feel a bit stale, which is a, a WWE problem, I don't think Elimination Chamber was an exhibition of that at all. Much of the SmackDown business obviously took place so early on in the show as well that then the bulk of it felt like a Raw card afterwards. Um, if anything, it, just to like... Because so much, so much of the headline stuff was wrapped in the Elimination Chamber and the follow-through and all that sort of stuff. I feel like it's probably easier to say what I didn't like from SmackDown, which was the like lousy, clownish treatment of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Yeah. I, I think that tag match on paper looked like such a lot of fun and then was a pretty gross misfire in hindsight. Yeah. Bad match, exposed, um, exposed the wrestlers in a way that you don't need in WrestleMania season with a, a bad angle that I would like to see the back of. Like ideally tonight, it was a it was a, quite a, a caustic reminder that it's probably time to get serious with Bel Air and Banks rather than doing the silly. Yeah, it it it's felt 
strange that every week I come to you and say, tonight the night, they just, because we all know it's not like, oh, is Bianca Belair going to pick Asuka? No, of course she's not. So let's just get on with it. Let's just, because it's it, it, it almost feels like she already has picked Sasha, just hasn't explicitly said it. I feel like tonight just, you know, we are, what, a month and a half away, less than that, from, from WrestleMania. Just, just just come out, come out and say it. And if you want to have, because it, it doesn't really need any build. I'm sure they're going to do some fun stuff in the interim, but mm. literally just writing Sasha versus B- Bianca on a bit of paper gets me as excited as I probably am going to get for this match because it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, so they they were leaning hard on the mutual respect, and that mm. was it was quite nice to see people being able to get along in WWE without falling out. Um, but it seems as if they can't just have mutual respect. It felt as though um, the Reginald interference yeah. will ultimately trigger uh, Bianca Belair into saying something along the lines of, look, you're farting around with this idiot. That's why we've lost the tag title match. And while I'm at it, if you're not going to take us serious, maybe you're not going to take me serious and I'm going to make you. And it's going to be at WrestleMania. And all that, like, it's, it's as if they've needed to create this wall of tension between them rather than just having Bianca Belair do it on a handshake, you know? Um I wish if that was their goal, they'd have just gone all in and put the tag belts on them. And then we could have had a ridiculous looking match of Bianca Valera and Sasha Banks versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai on next week's NXT. Mm. Like we could have just had that match, even if your intention was to take the belts off Belair and Banks to Jackson Baszler another week later or something. Like have them win the belts and be like, wow, this is great. And have Bianca not drop the challenge. And then when they fall apart and lose the belts, then say, have Bianca say, this is good. But this has made me realise that I can do this on my own. I can win belts on my own and I'm going to win your belt and I'll mm. do it at WrestleMania. Now it just feels like the tension that's been built, it's a bit flimsy. Mm. Sasha Banks' Reginald stuff is weak because she's too switched on a character to like be fooled by his friendship. Mm. They had this match which sort of created this silent respect between the two of them. Reginald began talking about his admiration apparently to make Kalisto jealous, which she appears to be like an on-screen surrogate for Sasha Banks' actual husband. He's there like designing all that awesome gear. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it just feels wishy-washy as a reason for Bianca Belair to kind of fall afoul of Sasha Banks. I would have much preferred, it sounds bland to some people, but because they're so great, I would have much preferred what starts as a handshake and then get a little bit serious as the day it nears. It could have. It didn't need something so obvious like this Reginald interaction to, to pull them apart. Yeah, exactly. I, my my big concern now is is WWE might fall into the trope of well, one of them's got to be a heel. No, mm. your you, your money in this is neither of them a heel until after the first WrestleMania match because it seems so straightforward. Bianca wins the title to you know fanfare at WrestleMania, and then I mean you could transition Bianca into to feuding with. A whole host of other people. She hasn't faced, you know, hardly anyone on on SmackDown. Uh, Bailey aside, although you can kind of run that back because Bailey, you know, is a straightforward. We know that Bianca's going to win her first title defense, and you could potentially even save heel Sasha versus Bianca Belair for something like SummerSlam. I doubt they will. They'll probably burn through that. They'll probably do that at WrestleMania, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I didn't need all this bollocks with like Reginald and and challenging for the tag titles if it wasn't going to lead anywhere. Just get on with it. We all know you're going to challenge for the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Let's get it announced tonight. Speaking of challenges, let's talk uh, about Edge and Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns 
well, we'll get to him and Daniel Bryan in due course. Uh, but of course, he whispered something to Edge mm. last week. Loads of speculation. And maybe we'll find out what that was tonight. But more importantly, we've got the graphic now. Edge, Roman Reigns, Universal Championship at WrestleMania. I love the story that came out today that was, the odds have been released. And the odds are exactly the same. Because no one knows what's going <laughs> to happen in that match. Although, for me... Roman has to retain. But but yeah, exciting that now we finally got it confirmed rather than him challenging for the NXT championship, which was never going to happen. Yeah, I think it will I think it will help. Genuinely, I think it will help. Um I know some people were into Edge like floating across the brands and I guess kickstarting potential rivalries with people before he made his commitment. I, you know, there was kind of he was keen to start an inciting incident with Drew McIntyre. He promised to watch the takeover match. He told Roman Reigns to his face that he may challenge him, which which Roman saw as this massive disrespect. So I guess there was some interest in that. The ratings suggested that maybe broadly people weren't that fussed. And it's like you could just sense that the predictability was maybe killing the whole thing. Mm. The idea that everybody had assumed pretty quickly that it was going to be Roman Reigns, it did away with any tension they were trying to establish on the other two shows. And if anything, it made Edge and Roman look silly for dancing around it and skirting <laughs> around it. You, you can buy Roman's character being like, don't do this, old man. Don't do this. But Edge being the one to tease out didn't feel quite as lived in, you could say, until I thought the go-home angle. The announcement of Edge with the pointing at the sign and the fireworks was a bit cheesy. It was a bit silly. But hitting him with a spear in response to the spear yeah, and the mystery comment, I, I thought was, it's like, I don't want the match to be spear versus spear. But I like this being spear versus spear. I like this being we don't need to talk because we can do like running hugs really, really fast. <laughs> um, I know what got said in that whisper because I watched a documentary many years ago that explained to me how you could, it was a kind of like a, a type of lip reading basically, but it was just understanding the mechanics of television and storytelling as to know what that was. He got right up close in his ear, as close as you could get. And he just said, uh, you know, got some uh, grid on your face there. And uh, <laughs> that's it. What happens now is you get a little counter in the corner. It's the grit counter. And it's how many times every character can say grit before WrestleMania. Uh, I, um, I, I don't want it to devolve into Spear versus Spear for two reasons. Number one, these are far too talented to just have it boil down to a finisher off, basically. Mm. And they've got far better stories to be told in amongst all this. And also there's a bit of me that thinks... I can see WWE at WrestleMania going. So you both try and hit a spear at the same time. And that makes me very concerned for Edge's well-being. Like, oh no, don't like it's bad enough getting speared by Roman Reigns. Don't spear your neck into Roman Reigns' like shoulder. Like you get like the cartoonish bang, like graphic come up, and then they just in like post, they just add a lot of grit which lands on the <laughs> table that Roman's the head of. And it's like, oh hang on, there's grit on the table. Should we should we count the fall on the table? It's like it is edges grit, like all of like the dust that makes up half of his bone compositions at this point. Just <laughs> no, it's like all flippancy aside, I think there's like tremendous value in this match. Yeah. One of I think the like our fairly loud complaints last year was that the edges raw Roman return was obviously awesome, and then the world fell on its ass. But what was so great about Edge's return wasn't particularly other than the, the nostalgia pop. His standoff with Randy Orton. It was his interaction with AJ Styles. It mm. was his moment with Drew McIntyre. 
It was his getting eliminated by Roman Reigns, if I'm not mistaken. It, you know, it was all these sort of, wow, like this landscape, this roster has transformed mm. like irreversibly from the days when Edge was around and was a full-timer and was a main eventer. I cannot wait to see Edge matched against all these brand new opponents, such as Randy Orton three times. Like, <laughs> it, was just, it was, it was, you know, it was earned initially, but I think everybody was very excited about Edge versus new people. Mm. That was where the that was where the fantasy booking was. That was where the list content was. Yeah. Was in Edge versus people you haven't seen Edge fight. So this is that. This is that. It's in a huge high profile match. It's in a stadium with what we we seem to be. We seem to have all collectively landed on thirty thousand as this magic number, don't we? But like, it's in a stadium with around thirty thousand people in. It's against a heel that can't be beat. You know, like. It's brilliant. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant booking. Um, they have to try very hard not to make us care less about it. Um, and that happened a little bit by accident on Sunday because Cesaro and Daniel Bryan suddenly felt like the contenders you wanted to see. Oh, they kind of they kind of screwed Edge a little bit because it was like, do you want this? Do you want this? Nah, you're getting this. <laughs> like, sort of like it needed to happen there. But it was inadvertently the worst possible time for it to go ahead. Yeah, we'll get to Brian in a second, just just quickly, because we were reading more and more uh, about how Fastlane is just the WrestleMania dry run on Peacock. <laughs> so do you see, it's really easy booking, but just something as simple as Jey Uso versus Edge at Fastlane, potentially to, to sort of fill the gap now between, between now and WrestleMania? Yeah, I would have loved, we've talked about this before, I would have loved um, Jimmy Uso to be able to make a surprise return if indeed mm. he's cleared for them both to attack Edge and for Christian to make the save. There's the match. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's another dream match. It's another thing you thought you would never get. It's a wonderful clash of eras. Um, that would be my, my goal. Like that's a headliner as well. That's a fast lane headliner. Yeah. Perhaps beyond Roman Reigns defending the title or the Miz and Bobby Lashley and whatever's happening there. Edge and Christian versus the Usos. Like, Wow. How cool would that all be? So I would love that. But yeah, um, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna use Edge, and why would you not? Edge and Jey Uso feels like the direction to get them through that one show. Now, now this is set in stone, certainly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Before we get... 
go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Right, let's talk about Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. What's next for him? Do you see them maybe just going? Do you remember when Bryan and Roman had that great fast lane match before WrestleMania, even though we both knew which way it was going? <laughs> Did they do that? Because, yeah, I, I, for a, what was it? Let's have a look. 92-second match. Yeah. I was strangely gripped for something that I knew the result of. You know, you got Bryan winning, you knew Roman was coming straight out. But then that that submission attempt off the of the first spear was so exhilarating, and, and we, you talked about it at the time how well, yeah, of course, Roman Reigns got out of it. He's completely fresh. Daniel Bryan's just gone through what half an hour in the chamber, so he just powers out of it, ground and pounds the sh- out of Daniel Bryan, and then yeah, guillotine chokes him unconscious. Yeah, I mean it was yeah mesmerizing ninety two seconds as you say. Uh, I love this because. It's a perfect end result, isn't it? Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for Fastlane is the sort of match that will, like, right up to the start of the show, have you thinking, God, this is going to be great, but I wish I could believe in Daniel Bryan winning. Mm. And then at about the 12-minute mark, you're going to believe that Daniel Bryan's going to win. And it's going to be absolutely exhilarating watching it play out as such when he doesn't. Um, it's a perfect it's a perfect booking for Fastlane. Um, it, like the the perfect match, the last the last sort of like hurdle for Roman to leap. We've been trying to get to this match since about November, haven't we? Like it feels like we, like we didn't imagine they would drag the arse so much out of the Kevin Owens feud that we would still be talking about it around elimination chamber time. But it feels like when if when you were starting to accept that Daniel Bryan wasn't going to be the WrestleMania opponent, it was like, well, absolutely, let's get to it as soon as possible. Then um, Daniel Bryan is going to tell Roman Reigns. Well, you know I could have beaten you if I was fresh. You know that. You have to know that. And Roman Reigns is going to say, well, I don't know anything, Daniel. And you don't want to know what I know. You don't want to know what I could do to you with even longer. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna pretend that he's not threatened by it, but he's going to feel threatened by it. And he's going to be so great in this role that he plays now at subtly selling that threat. He's done this against Jey Uso. He's done it against Kevin Owens. He's, he's such a master of his craft at the moment, Roman Reigns, that craft being juggling the very, very difficult role of being a, uh, like the toughest guy on the roster and a coward hiding in plain sight. Mm. He is juggling those diametrically opposed personas fabulously well on the SmackDown. The, the way he, so when he screams down the lens about something that has pissed him off that week and Paul Heyman jumps out of his shoes, you don't think Paul Heyman is acting to try and lull the opponent into a false sense of security. You are afraid for Paul Heyman for, <laughs> for taking the company of Roman Reigns. 
there still, to me, exists an uneasy tension between Roman and Jey Uso. I'm a little bit nervous for Jey Uso tonight because he didn't get the job done on Sunday. Yep. You know, like the Roman controls that in such an amazing way. He's got this really delicate poise about his, his like his eye movements and his facials and all that sort of stuff. And yet he persistently puts himself in positions where he feels like he needs to have an advantage. He he tries to take the coward's way out every single time. And then it's like, well, you're forcing me to do this. Like, I'd, I'd rather not go to the trouble of being horrifically violent and tough, but uh, I guess here we are. Mm. And that's what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan. And it's going to be 15 stunning minutes at Fastlane, hopefully. Um, I say hopefully because A, I want them to book the match and B, I hope like the Peacock server doesn't crash or something. Like that's the that's the risk of this show. That's why it exists in the first place. Uh, yeah, get us get us to this show. You just believe them both. Daniel Bryan will make a believer out of you. Roman Reigns already has. It's 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 a it's a nice one to look forward to. This. Yeah, we speculated in the past about Edge tricking him into signing a match that was seemingly the WrestleMania contract, but also somehow a title match at Fastlane. Although I remembered that that's exactly well, not exactly, but that's similar to what Postman Pierce did to sort of get get Roman into that rematch yeah, right, against, yeah. against Kevin Owens. So I'm not sure whether that's right or whether just it's probably just easier to have Daniel Bryan come out in the midst of Roman Reigns, maybe bollocking Jey Uso and go, yeah, pinned your boy last, didn't I? And then you took the coward's way out and blah, blah, blah. And a fresh me would be good. Cesaro's an interesting one because I feel like Cesaro is the perfect, because I said this at the time when Cesaro didn't win the chamber. I was like, you know what? No, I don't want him to win the chamber and just get hot shot into a match. Um, I love Daniel Bryan, but this is the right position for him right now, at least. So you kind of want to keep him hot so he can be maybe Roman's first challenger post WrestleMania with a build, but still inevitably and a main event, but still inevitably Roman Reigns retaining his championship in, in my sort of fantasy booking. My concern and they can probably do this, but uh, my concern is they're going to have King Corbin go, you got me out of the chamber first. Let's have a no hair versus no hair match. I, I don't know, but that's, what I reckon, is what they're going to do with someone like Cesaro just to keep him busy around WrestleMania season. And I feel like you could put him with anyone, <laughs> Sami Zayn, uh, and have a great match at WrestleMania rather than just say, oh, we'll just give him a straightforward 10-minute heel versus babyface. Because he's babyface now, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. I mean, and he, and he certainly was based on the construction of the Elimination Chamber as well. Mm. For, there, was a, there was a couple of weeks where it was as if he was teasing he was going to turn on Shinsuke, but it appears yeah. as if they both just turned babyface based on... Well, based on I don't know what, because if it was based on live crowds that were responding to them, you could understand <laughs> it. But uh, are, like, are they just reading Twitter? Because if they were reading Twitter about Cesaro, where have they been in the last 10 years? You know? <laughs> like, the has like, adored the guy since day one, and you know the, our gag about push Cesaro exists for that reason. It's been there like on written down on the internet for as long as that guy's been in the company. So it's odd that it's happening now. Um, I, in terms of WrestleMania season, which I guess at this point, I know you have got Fastlane, but that's going to be a, a six, seven match card split across two brands. A lot of the mid carders at this point might miss that show, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And you might have to start thinking about what the WrestleMania direction is. I keep going back to this, um, this queue of, very effective mid-carders that uh, SmackDown has built up. Daniel Bryan has, so we're led to believe, taken up a bit more of a creative interest in SmackDown and has a bit more control of things. Well, of of certain things, maybe it's just his own storyline, maybe it's the storyline of his friends, but never was that more evident than in that portion of the Elimination Chamber after Corbin had been eliminated and Mm. you had 
these four independent wrestling legends sort of splayed out on the mat together, <laughs> having this total banger that spoke to like Brian Cesaro, Owens and Zane, years and years and years of chemistry with one another, just that sixth sense that they've all got, the level of trust between the four of them. I was like, I can't quite believe that I can see this in the like one of the main events of a WWE pay-per-view, yeah. even now, even years after they've embraced PWG in the modeling of NXT and things like that. Still couldn't quite believe I was watching it. I thought, is this Brian's, is this his legacy currently? Is this his, you know, he can't, he's not going to get any of them to break the glass ceiling. No. But he can at least give them like a big night. And I started thinking, is WrestleMania in in front of a crowd going to mark the return of the the multi-man ladder match? Mm. I looked at Big E's Intercontinental title and I looked at the queue of contenders and I thought, you're going to, they're going to get this showcase. I'm thinking Nakamura, Cesaro, Big E defend the title, Owens, Zayn. You need a sixth man. If only somebody had just turned on Big E, we'd probably have our sixth man. And then all of a sudden, you've made use of every single one of these mid-carders that have been kind of like there or thereabouts on SmackDown lately. Um, you probably try and keep the belt on Big E a little bit longer because I don't think it's done enough for him in mm. as much as he's tried to elevate it. Um, but yeah, that started to feel like a direction for WrestleMania for me. Absolutely. I love Big E. I can't think of many occasions, aside from when I suppose you're supposed to boo him as a, as a heel as part of the New Day, where I, I, I haven't been a fan of his. I have to say, though, I was really happy to see Apollo Crews viciously assault him <laughs> the uh, Crews-Nakamura match last week. And I just... what I, I turned to the missus on Saturday morning when I was watching this, and I said, this is why Big E's so good, because he is one of very few people who, A, can work with the awful scripting that WWE gave, gives him and, and, and somehow still makes it work, but also can transition from his TV dinner feet in a, you know, little salt bath or whatever <laughs> it was, into aggressively, but not physically, telling Apollo Crews, that's enough, stop, and then get beaten down and, and still maintain some sympathy. Yeah, fantastic range. Absolutely fantastic range. All three of the New Day have got it. Um, Biggie, arguably more than most, you know, because you're, you're kind of right to draw on his days as a heel, where, and I think this happened a lot during the New Day run, there were plenty of calls for people to have, say, like Biggie turn or become a, like a bit of a monster heel again because his size and his ability as a, as a, like as a killer heel mm. is incredible on its own terms. And yet he's also so brilliant at the patter and the, well, the, just the joyous euphoria of that entire new day act and what it'll always be. Um, that you kind of didn't want to see the back of that either. No. Um, Friday's beatdown was an exhibition of all of it. You, you're totally right. It's what an ask it's, we talked about range with Roman Reigns, what an ask of him to get off from his sofa and out of his foot spa to give the guy the series talking to, to give him the look, that's enough. And then to take the beat down himself because it made the turn. Apollo Crews was really, really good in the turn. Yeah. He, I, thought he, um, I thought he underplayed it just right. I, I, what I didn't want to see was this overblown. You know how Apollo Crews is like quite an overblown baby face? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's always been a problem, hasn't it? There's been a sort of like he's, he's reeked a little bit of trying too hard. And I think that's always been an issue for him as a, as a face. I didn't want the, just to get the heel version of that and have um, shouting and screaming and big sort of eruptions of emotion yeah. because this isn't that kind of turn. He was sat with Roman Reigns three weeks ago 
things have been on his mind that haven't been going his way. It's simmered. It shouldn't come out in the form of this like almost cartoonish heel turn. And it didn't. It was vicious. It was cruel. It mirrored some of the stuff that Roman Reigns has done. And will that will that play into that? Will they will they kind of formalize their bond this week? Will we get another vignette where you just see Apollo in in Roman's like office mm-hmm. in his dressing room and Roman being like, oh yeah, like I was watching last week. That was that impressed me. Mm-hmm. Good luck out there tonight. And I don't know, Callisto or something's gonna get driven into the mat <laughs> with one of them. Remember that like that breaking ground bit of Apollo Crews where they just couldn't land what his finisher was going to be because he was such an athlete. He was like, well, look, we've got to include that he can do moonsaults and stuff. Get that spinning powerbomb over as if Apollo Crews is trying to impale people with it. Mm. Like, have that now be the thing where he's trying to cut a hole in the ring with people's bodies. It doesn't have to be flashy. It just has like, put him down, Apollo. Put him down. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll put him down. Bang. Brian Cage, Sting style. Like let's, yeah. let's sort of like integrate that a little bit more because again he's just got this incredible physique. He should be positioned far more as a killer than he's ever been. Um, I'm excited for this. Mm, absolutely, I've seen some people, very few people, but some people saying, "Oh, great, here we go, Big E Apollo Cruz match number one." I think it's been great. I think it's been such a great slow turn, like you say. They had the match, and then oh, I'll beat you. Oh no, actually, both shoulders down, and then the slap, and then the match, and then the loss, and then the. The, the looks post-match when it, when they've had the contests and stuff. And like you say, the the poisoning of Apollo Cruz's mind by Roman Reigns. I think it's been so good. And I, it's one of the things I'm most looking forward to tonight. As we bring this to a close, Hamlet, one thing I'm intrigued about, but also quite confused, are Otis and Chad Gable heels now? I watched that last week and I was like, oh, okay, Otis and Chad Gable versus the Mysterios. That's not what we were previewing, but uh, okay. and then. He just kept splashing Rey Mysterio. Well, <laughs> was like, yeah. And then was saying, oh, then subsequently we've got championships in our sights. And I thought, sorry, how are you heels? Like, how have you looked at these two lovable guys and gone, yeah, they're baddies, they are. Like, you've got the dirty dogs. They they tick that box more than yeah. enough. Like, it, it's baffling this to me. But if anyone can make it work, it's Chad Gable because I love him. There, um, there were heels to everyone but you who was screaming because it was written, Dominic, get him, get yeah. him again. <laughs> no, um, I, I I, didn't see this coming and I think I quite liked it. And mm. uh, I get a bit of a, I, I share a bit of your bloodlust when it comes to the Mysterios. I'll be honest. There is, there's a natural, something in me and it's like located at a bit of my heart that is quite dark that I don't like to think about. <laughs> it enjoys the pain that has been inflicted by the creative team on the Mysterio family. <laughs> like it's, I don't, I don't know why it went too far with the eye, but a lot of that stuff, like I'm thinking of the kendo stick attack on Dominic yeah. in particular. You can make this family stuff work. You can buy it and believe it. I, I'm with you. I, I didn't see Gable. I'll tell you what I did see with Gable and Otis because I didn't see the out and out heel turn. Remember when Otis and Mandy were will they, won't they? And we were kind of all rooting for it to be like, don't break his heart because that's like, that's the lazy route. Hmm. Don't like actually just do the happy ending here because that's far more interesting than like this old dated trope of some bloody woman. <laughs> like, how am I? Like, we've moved a long way on from that. Just oh, they like each other, do they? Well, a plot twist, they can get together. You know, like the <laughs> like, that was such a satisfying ending to that for you because the anxiety was like, oh, don't don't string him along, don't screw him. And I think I got that with Chad, and this heel turn has reassured me that no he is with him 
he just wanted him to find a mean streak. And that was what I didn't see. Like this whole time, I was like, oh God, don't don't turn on him, Chad. Not least because it would have ended awfully for him. Chad would have turned. And then two weeks later, they would have had a TV match where Otis would have beaten him in three minutes with a caterpillar. Mm. Like, so it wouldn't have gone well for Gable, even if he had turned. But it turns out that rather than turning on him, he's just managed to turn Otis. Mm. He's managed to kind of cynically get under Otis's skin and be like, well, you realise that you can use this body as a weapon, kid. Like, I wish I had that size. I've got to throw guys around and uh, I've got to run around the ring like somebody just let the air out of a balloon and it's flying around (laughs) all over the place to inflict the damage that you can do with one running charge and like a splash. So I'll take this. And yes, it's, you know, as you say with the the dirty dogs as tag team champions, it's a tough old pitch getting them into the tag title scene right now. But again, WrestleMania tends to be a bit multi-manny and like a triple threat maybe with the Mysterios, a four-way with the Street Profits. Mm. It's it's all right, isn't it? You know, it's it's you can certainly include Gable and Otis that way. And it certainly, I think the tag division feels fresher for them being a proper unit now. They've got matching gear. Otis yeah. has got some Gable gear. You know, like, that's all I need. Absolutely. I, I And I guarantee if you ask Otis, he doesn't think they're heels. I know he's, yeah. I don't think this is too harsh to say, simple in character. Ooh. But he, all he was getting last week was positive reinforcement from Chad Gable. Yeah, that's great. Splash him again. You know, go up onto the top rope and do it. He's not <laughs> thinking, oh, I'm breaking the ribs of a legend. He's just thinking, well, my best friend says it's good. And uh, when has my best friend ever been wrong or turned on me? So there you go. I'm Like I said, I'm intrigued to see how it goes tonight. And and if anyone can sell it, particularly like you say, with, with him being the sort of devil on Otis's shoulder, I think it could be Chad Gable. I've got the team name. Um, so you know, like how Gable has gone from partner to partner to partner. He's rehabil- he's rehabilitated careers, and mm-hmm. he's somehow kept like all these teams and wrestlers on the straight and narrow, even though he's never been able to himself. And he's just been looking for that one team to solidify what it is that he can do in WWE. Steady machinery. <laughs> finally, finally, this is the one for him, and it all it took was a giant. He was he was messing around with other good wrestlers, the mug. <laughs> Why did he with a fat guy? Also, like, if he tries to, you know, he's like, hey, take he goes, hey, shorty. And he goes, Chaddy. <laughs> we'll say Chaddy, please. Do that anymore. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, I say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. And you can follow me at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including the SmackDown review with Phil and Gareth out tomorrow. But this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamper. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.